0: We're taking you from sideline to sideline and everything in between. It's your one stop shop for all things football. Join me, Aaron Mukes, every other Friday for fresh takes, breaking news, and more. College or NFL, whatever your flavor, we got you covered. This is Sideline to Sideline, the podcast. All the spotted. The kick is away. And the kick is. It's going on! Don't jump it! In trouble. There comes the rush, and here's the hit. Oh! Rock. Second down attempt. Oh, what a hit. You can't do that. The quarterback, you can't fight. The 40. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. The 20. They're chasing him. They're not gonna get him. Waving his arms. beard tested. Somebody stop that man. Ladies and gentlemen, now your host, Mr. Aaron Mutes and his co-host Akeem. This is your one-stop shop for all college and NFL football. Here is Sideline to Sideline. Welcome back, everybody. This is the Sideline to Sideline podcast. I am your host, Aaron Mukes, rolling solo today. Shout out to my boy, Akeem, and his family. Uh, They're having a baby, so shout out to them, and we will see them soon. Uh, We got a great show for you today. We're going to talk about the rookies it is our rookie preview show Uh, we're going to talk about impact rookies where we see um, them lining up on the playing field this year some surprise rookies as well as some disappointments but i would be remiss if i didn't point out the breaking news um, that's kind of all over social media all over the tube it's the patrick mahomes deal so we're going to talk about that 503 million dollars is a player worth $503 million? I know there's many mixed emotions, many mixed opinions about that. Um, I got my own. I, I'm, a, I'm a believer that, obviously, the quarterback position is the most important position on the field. But I also believe that you need to be able to build a team. And we've seen great quarterbacks, uh, a la Aaron Rodgers, a la Drew Brees. These, other, these quarterbacks that make a good amount of money, but haven't been as as successful as maybe people would, would like them to be or would have thought um, them to be as, as, as great as they are. Um, you know, Aaron Rodgers and Drew Brees both with one Super Bowl ring, but haven't won since 2009, 2010, respectively. Um, there, there is something to be said about when you pay a quarterback, your ability to surround him with the necessary talent to build a franchise and win um, is is compromised, and I think we've seen that in a number of cases. And I think many teams and organizations are are aware of that. So when you get a marginal, marginal to good quarterback, there is a reluctancy to to want him to overpay him. And I think we're seeing it now with the Dak Prescott situation. Um, you look just over the past couple of years, you have Dak Prescott, who maybe is more accomplished um, I would say he actually is more accomplished than guys like Carson Wentz Um, Jared Goff's been to a Super Bowl but outside of going to a Super Bowl he hasn't done much numbers wise Um, him and Carson Wentz have already been extended and received their big contracts and you have Dak Prescott who the Cowboys have been reluctant to give him a big deal Um, I think I think part of that is the ability to build a team around that particular player and in the case of the Rams, you have Jared Goff, who, who signed last year and you see what, what's happened. You, they've lost a lot of talent. They're in salary cap trouble. They are unable to provide the necessary pieces around him, uh, mainly offensive line to protect him and to continue to build their organization or their team, um, in a winning way. And, and so they had their run of, you know, one Super Bowl. they kind of went all in, um, were overpaying players, and now you see the repercussions of that. They have to sell these players, they have to trade these players, and now they have no cap space to go get young talent. Um, not to mention, you know, they're not drafting well, and 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 obviously plays a role. And then you get Philadelphia, who, similar mindset, goes and pays Carson Wentz. And, yeah, they, they, they were able to uh, capture a Super Bowl while Wentz was on his rookie deal, um, but he didn't even do it. It was it was Nick Foles, and so they're paying this potential uh, franchise quarterback a hundred plus million guaranteed, and it handcuffs them to to go out and spend big money. Now they've done a better job at acquiring talent and maintaining um, you know relevancy, and I think that's you know partly in 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 part because of Doug Peterson and his ability to coach, um, and, and just find talent. More so than obviously what's been going on with the Rams. But the Cowboys are have been you know consistent in saying the same thing. like We don't want to pay Dak $40 million a year and not be able to pay anybody else. We just paid Amari. We just paid Zeke. We just paid Lyle Collins. We just paid Jalen Smith. And all these players are young, talented players that were drafted by the Dallas Cowboys. So you have to keep that in mind. So then, you know, you you turn on the TV and you hear this news about Patrick Mahomes getting $503 million over the next 12 years and the, your first reaction is, well, how are they going to surround him with talent? Um, I think this is different and and I'll tell you why. If there's one player in the league that deserves to be overpaid, it's Patrick Mahomes. It just is. There's, I mean, you can, you can say what you want about the position and how much they should be paid and athletes are overpaid and and all this. If there's one player in the league that deserves to be overpaid, it's him. Just think about it. You could argue that after three years, two years as a starter, three years in the league, started 31 games. You know, he missed a couple games last year because of injury. But he's arguably right now a Hall of Famer. Yeah a hall of famer. And I know I'm going to get a lot of shit for this, but he's arguably a hall of famer. Think just think about think about these numbers. Think about think about these statistics right here. Okay? Patrick Mahomes in 31 career starts. 76 touchdown passes. Most ever. 9,412 passing yards. Most ever. A 108.9 quarterback rating highest ever 24 wins in 31 games tied for the most ever he's won an mvp he's a super bowl champ and he's a super bowl mvp not to mention there's more he's a two-time afc west champion he's a two-time pro bowler he's a first team all pro he threw for 50 touchdown passes in a single season and he's an afc champion and I didn't even mention the fact that he was one offsides penalty away, which was pre-snap from being in a second Super Bowl his first year as a starter and probably winning that game because the Rams in the Super Bowl were atrocious. So just think about those, those numbers and those statistics. He's arguably right now a Hall of Famer. He's done more in two years than good quarterbacks do over the course of their career. So if there's one person that deserves to be overpaid, it's him. Not to mention his ability to be a leader. His leadership qualities, they're raved about by both his head coach, his offensive coordinator, his quarterback's coach, his owner, as well as his teammates. He doesn't get any trouble off the field. He's been a model citizen. He's consistent. He's approachable. The media loves him. Um, even though he does sound like Kermit the Frog, the the media loves him, but he's just an all-around typical athlete that you would say you want your athlete to be modeled after. So why wouldn't you pay him? Then we want to talk about the 503 million and how that's going to impact the Kansas City roster and their ability to to continue to build their team around him and and still produce quality, quality product, um, stay consistent and, and be in the race every year. Well, you know, you see, you hear the number 503 and you think it's automatically not a non-team friendly deal. When in fact, the the extension doesn't kick in until after the 2021 season. So over the next two years, he's still getting paid the numbers he was getting paid before, which allows Kansas City to still have room under the salary cap to make certain moves, to build their roster So when his extension does kick in, they're prepared. Doesn't get more team friendly than that. What this deal showed me was a sign. It was like a sign of respect from both Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. It's unheard of in the NFL. man. Very few times, I believe Michael Vick, Donovan McNabb, Brett Favre, Drew Bledsoe, those are some of the, the guys that have signed super long extensions, seven, eight, nine, ten years at the quarterback position. And none of them have re- ever really seen the end of their deal. It's rare you sign a guy for, for ten years and he's seeing the end of that contract. I think I think we will see the end of Patrick Mahomes' contract in Kansas City. I, fi- I find it very, very interesting that he was willing to take that long of an extension. I think it's a huge sign of respect for the organization as well as them respecting him. Because five years from now, who's to say he couldn't make $60 million a year? That that might be the market. And and who knows? They may re- restructure and all that stuff. But as of right now, not many players are looking for 10-year deals. Shit, that, Dak Prescott is arguing over f- between four to five. He wants four, they want to give him five. And he doesn't want it. And, and it's just to ensure that that next payday, right? So I think, I think this deal was extremely, extremely well timed. I think it was well done by both the organization and Patrick Mahomes. and I applaud I applaud the organization for getting it done, um, not playing games. Um, there was a tweet by Des Bryant, uh, I believe yesterday, talking about the respect that he saw between the organization and, and the player. And the player's agent, and and I agree. I think I think it's just a huge sign of respect. Um, that man took a franchise that hadn't been to the Super Bowl in fifty years, and he's he's turned them turned them all the way around. And I'll say it. I believe the Kansas City is going to be a dynasty. Maybe not to the extent that New England was for twenty years or whatever, but I believe Kansas City over the next ten years will win at least two Super Bowls, probably more like three or four. And um, and yeah, I think I think Patrick Mahomes is obviously the main reason why. Um, you 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 know you mix that with Andy Reid, and um, you you definitely have a dynasty there. So I'm super excited about the deal. Um, I think I think it's good for football. I think it's good for the players. I think you're going to see future deals um, similarly structured. Obviously, nobody's going to touch that number right away. Um, next on the list, I believe you have L- Lamar Jackson and Deshaun Watson who are going to be looking for their deals. And I could see them getting in, you know, upwards of 38, 39 uh, per year. I'm not quite touching what Mahomes is getting, but but very close. And obviously I'm, I'm sure Dak Prescott is looking at that deal, trying to gauge where he fits in there. And by no means is he Patrick Mahomes or does he deserve Patrick Mahomes' money, but somewhere between Goff, Wentz, Russell, and then Mahomes, um, I, I definitely think he'll be looking in that area um, and hopefully his deal gets done soon. If not, um, we will see him play under the franchise tag for a few more years. But um, I was extremely excited about this deal and could not, could not start this show without talking about that. I'll be, I will be honest. I will, I will take Patrick Mahomes over any player in the NFL right now. I don't care what the price tag. So if I'm Kansas city, I would have given him 600 million if that's what he would ask for. So, um, We'll see how that all plays out, but I'm super excited. All right, let's uh, let's get into these rookies, man. We are going to we're going to go through these rookies, and we're going to talk a little bit about who my favorite rookies are coming into the league this year. Um, I, I did want to point out I'm kind of curious to see how rookies are impacted this year with no off season workouts. Um, I do believe that it's going to impact them. Um, I think I think as rookies, part of the struggle or part of the transition we see every year where rookies struggle is them picking up the playbook or having those reps and getting comfortable with the with the professional lifestyle, which can completely be different than college. So um I think with COVID nineteen and the pandemic and not being able to you know, be around your teammates or just kind of get that connection with them. Um, I definitely think it'll impact them Uh, more. So the quarterbacks, I think quarterback is a position that you need to be, you know, obviously on your game all the time. The running backs, maybe not so much. You just ask your athletes to, to work in space, but also the receivers. I think receiver is a, is a position that's a lot of times goes overlooked when we talk about young players and how hard it is to adjust, um, Many colleges, I mean, when you talk about high school and college receivers, you're talking about guys that are told to run a route, go routes, dig routes, hitch routes. The play is designed for them to run a route. And when you transition that to the NFL, it's a completely different concept. You're no longer just saying, hey, run a route. It's we have concepts that have multiple combinations of routes. You have to be able to read the defense like a, like a quarterback because, you may be designed to go on a hitch but you might have to change that route to a dig based on the coverage or you might have to be you might go from a dig to a post or whatever it is and i think those reps that you would normally get in the offseason OTAs and you know pre pre-training camp stuff with your quarterback are lost this year so that's going to set receivers back even further and look at the best quarterback receiver combos in the league they're all just They're all in sync. It's like one man doing two jobs. You got the Drew Brees and Michael Thomas's where it's like Michael Thomas could run his route and Drew Brees could close his eyes and throw him the ball because he knows where he's going to be. You have the same thing with Matt Ryan and Julio Jones. Um, Before DeAndre Hopkins got traded, it was like that with Deshaun Watson and DeAndre Hopkins. So I definitely think receiver is going to be a huge impacted position based on that. So I'm interested to see which uh, which rookies can transition. But um, obviously, I want to kind of get into these rookies, and I want to talk about where I think they fall in line and how, they Im- how they're how they impacted this year. Number one being the number one pick, Joe Burrow. Um, I don't believe in Joe Burrow. I'm just going to be honest. Don't believe in him. I think one good year in college with the greatest college football team ever. And yeah, I said it. That team was loaded with talent. Loaded. I mean, he couldn't even beat out guys at Ohio State that are would be lucky to play in the NFL. Like I, I don't, I don't buy Joe Burrow. I don't, I don't think he, I don't think he makes it. I think uh, he will be given an opportunity. Obviously, in Cincinnati, it's not a great place to be. They're not loaded with talent. Um, I do believe maintaining and keeping AJ Green helps, but Joe Burrow is. In my eyes, he's gonna struggle, and he's gonna struggle significantly. And I, I would be I would be hard pressed to find him in the league starting for a team in four to five years. I think he'll get two or three years in Cincinnati just because they invested, obviously, a number one pick. But I, I don't see I don't see him as a starting quarterback in the NFL. I feel like he was a product of LSU and a great situation. And I don't I, I know, we'll see. We we will see. I just, I just don't buy it. So Joe Burrow is probably the lowest, the highest drafted rookie that I'm the lowest on. He's just, I think he's going to be average. I think he'll be a career backup. Um, I could see him being on the bench within two to three years. So I don't want to spend a whole lot of time on Joe Burrow just because I don't believe in him. The rookie I really, really want to talk about that I'm super excited about is a receiver, and I believe he he might end up being the very best player in this draft, and I think he went to the perfect situation. Um, there's, there's two of them. First, I want to talk about J.K. Dobbins. I think J.K. Dobbins is an absolute stud. I think he went to the perfect situation in Baltimore. I think that by the end of this season, I think J.K. Dobbins and Mark Ingram will be – basically splitting carries there. I know they got some other guys that they they like to mix in there, the Gus Edwards and um, kind of the little receiving back from Oklahoma State. I, that's all night, but this is a running football team. They like to get downhill. They like to punch you in the mouth and they like to run the football. And obviously Mark Ingram fits that mold, but J.K. Dobbins is an absolute beast. And um, I'm, I'm super excited, super, super excited about J.K. Dobbins. Um, he's going to be a franchise running back. He is going to be Baltimore's main guy after this year. And I'm going to say it right now. I think there's a slight chance. There's a slight chance, slight, that he wins rookie of the year, offensive rookie of the year. I'm going to give it to Joe Burrow only because of opportunity. He'll, he'll get the opportunity to play the whole year. He's playing the quarterback position and normally the quarterbacks are the ones that get looked at. But if, for some weird reason, Mark Ingram gets hurt and J.K. Dobbins becomes the every-down starter in Baltimore. He's going to have a monster year. The other guy that I think could have a monster year, and it might surprise some people, um, he's not going to be the number one on that team, but I love, the, I love the fit Justin Jefferson has in Minnesota. I think with, with Stephon Diggs' departure to Buffalo, and the type of offense, well, I shouldn't say type of offense. The type of quarterback that Kirk Cousins is, I believe Justin Jefferson fits perfectly. I think he will be a PPR monster um, to you fantasy guys. I think he's going to catch a ton of passes. And his abilities, like after the catch and just finding open space. And he he's a great route runner. I, I really, really, really like the way he fits in with Minnesota. I think that He's a he's a guy that's gonna come make One of the few rookies that's gonna come in and impact a team right away. And you gotta remember, Minnesota's already a playoff team, so they they're they're a playoff team that's already built to play in the playoffs. They have a veteran quarterback, a very good defense, a very good running game, and then you add this this piece of Justin Jefferson. And you know, obviously, losing Stephon Diggs hurts. He was a, he was a playmaker, but. You know that controversy that he had there, and obviously he wasn't happy. Um, I think I think that's big. So I think Justin Jefferson will come in and will impact um, significantly, and I think it'll be an immediate impact. I don't think there's going to be much of a learning curve. Um, I I just I I just like I just like the fit. I feel like the fit is is good. I mean, he was a Blitnikoff Award winner. Um, Obviously, you know, he would again with Jamar Chase and LSU, they they were studs everywhere. Um, I think he might come in and catch 100 balls. And if not, very close. Um, and if he does that, obviously he'll be right up there um, as one of the top rookies this year. So Justin Jefferson, mark that down. That's a name to watch. I really, really, really like him. Um, the last guy I want to talk about on the offensive side of the ball, uh, my, maybe, you know, I, I kind of like him just, again, it's a receiver. Um, I don't know if he'll have the impact this year that I wanted or I expected had we had a full off-season program. Um, but with with the transition of Phillip Rivers to to Indianapolis, I feel like it's a good fit. Um, I know what kind of gamer Phillip Rivers is. And that's Michael Pittman Jr. I think the second rounder, he was – I felt like he could have gone higher. I, I, I really like his skill set. Um, you know, I've seen it, comparisons to, like, Vincent Jackson – um, who who I loved, by the way. I'll, I'll, hopefully he can stay healthy, unlike Vincent Jackson. But um, Vincent Jackson is a is a good comp, But I think that the way Rivers throws the ball and what he looks for and his his kind of kind of a gunslinger mentality, I think Pittman fits in perfectly. Not to mention it gives gives somebody on the other side of T. Y. Hilton, who's obviously getting older, who's been banged up over the last couple of years. Um, they lost. Who did they just lose? They, um, I believe they just lost Devin Funchess. Um, they got Paris Campbell coming back, who was injured all of last year. So you move Paris Campbell into the slot, and you put Michael Pittman on the outside along with T.Y. on the outside. Um, they got a lot of weapons over there in Indianapolis, man. And I think with Phillip Rivers, I, I think it works. I think Phillip Rivers is a guy who likes to spread the ball around. And, and Michael Pittman's – I mean, the dude is 6'4", 220. I mean, he's he's a physical specimen, an absolute beast, and I think that um, I think he'll fit right in with, with the way Indianapolis kind of wants to run their offense. Obviously, they're going to be heavy play action, which I think could be some you know for some big plays for him um, with that running game and that offensive line. I think I think Michael Pittman is going to be a, a surprise uh, to many, to many, many, many uh, people this year. So, um, switching over to the defense. We all know who the best defender coming out of the draft is. I don't think it's close. I think this dude is an absolute beast. Um, It's just unfortunate he went to the one team that is in the division with my Cowboys, and that's Chase Young. Um, Watching him at Ohio State was just pure domination. You see the way he dominated. Um, And to be honest, I don't think it's going to change in the NFL. I think he's going to be an absolute stud. I do think that... Washington is a, obviously they're kind of rebuilding. I don't know if they're in a transition or they're trying to rebuild, but they've always put together a pretty good product on defense. So I think he'll, they'll be fine there, but offensively they're going to struggle and I think that's going to be a lot of playing time um, for Chase and I, I think that'll help him. He'll, he'll get familiar with it um, really quickly. Um, I don't know how many, you know, everybody wants to talk about like projecting sacks and things like that. I don't know how many opportunities he's going to have to sack the quarterback. Um, just because I think they're going to play from behind a lot. I think teams are going to run the ball a lot on them. So I, f- I figure, I'm going to give you some numbers. Um, I think he finishes the year with about 10 and a half sacks. And I mean, for a rookie, that's, that's great. Um, if he went out and got 15, 16 sacks, would it surprise me? No, but... I put him at about 10 and a half sacks. Um, he's that type of player. He's that special. I do think that he's gonna have um, he's gonna have that immediate impact on the defensive side of the ball and definitely a building block for the for the Redskins. Um, or maybe I shouldn't call them the Redskins anymore. I know they're gonna they're gonna change their name, but um, for Washington, I should say, um, definitely a huge impact coming in right away. Uh, the second guy I want to talk about on defense, I was kind of disappointed um, that my team did not draft this player. Uh, we we went CD Lamb on the offensive side of the ball. I do like him, by the way, but uh, just in Dallas's offense, I don't think he gets much opportunity this year. Um, but the Giants got Xavier McKinney. But the guy who I felt like I feel like is the best safety in this league, or in the, sorry, not in the league, but the best safety in this draft class was Cleveland Browns Grant Delpit. I thought that was a I thought that was an absolute steal at the 44th pick. Um, I think a lot of his stock went down towards the end of last year. And then, you know, going into the offseason and the combine and, you know, maybe with all the COVID stuff, who knows. But I I felt like his stock went down. Um, But I I love this guy. I think he's – I believe he won the Thorpe Award um, as the top defensive back. Um, Just goes to show you how deep LSU was. Absolute stud. Um, they, they talked about how many missed tackles he had and he was, he's, he's the type of guy who likes to, he likes to hit and you can see that. So I think obviously there's some, there's some learning curve there, especially in the NFL where, um, hitting is illegal (laughs) in most cases. Um, you know, guys that don't know how to tackle usually struggle at first. They, uh, you know, missed tackles in the NFL are something that coaches do not like, but, He's got. He definitely has all the tools to be an absolute playmaker. Um, I think he fits in perfectly with Cleveland. I think Cleveland is loaded with weapons, offensively and defensively. And you pair him back up there with, you know, um, Denzel Ward um, in in that secondary. And I I just think they're. And then you obviously got. um, Oh, I can't think of his name. The pass rusher Miles Garrett. There we go, Miles Garrett. Um, pass rushing, and then you mix that with Denzel Ward, and then you add Grant Delpit. I think I think he's special. I think there's going to be um, a chance for him to have an immediate impact. I kind of see him. I kind of see him like Derwin James, man. I think Derwin James is probably top three safety in the league right now. I can see Grant Delpit being that type of player, and um, I just think he's he's a guy that. He's gonna always be around the ball, um, so, and I like that. I like those type of players, especially in the in the back back in the secondary. Um, you need those type of guys. And then the last guy I want to get to, which I think is going to actually win Defensive Rookie of the Year, um, which is surprising because I like Chase Young, but I don't think he has enough impact on a team like Washington to win it. I think Defensive Rookie of the Year is gonna to go to Patrick Queen. Um, his, his, unbelievably fast at the linebacker position. Uh, he was a 28th pick overall from Baltimore. I think, I think linebacker is an easier position to, to go from college to the pros. A lot of it is instinct. Um, I think I think he's, he's going to be an every down player in that defense, and I think that, obviously, when C.J. Mosley left a year ago it left a hole there and their defense is really good. Like they already have a, a legit solid defense. And I, I think Patrick queen is going to fit right in. I think he's going to have a ton of tackles. I think he's going to be a playmaker all over the field. Um, and so with that, with that Baltimore kind of stigma of having a great linebacker, I don't want to say he's Ray Lewis cause he's not, but kind of fitting, filling that void. I think, I think Harbaugh knows how to get the best out of his players That defense, for some reason, is always good. They always find talent. Um, To me, they have one of the best secondaries in all of football, if not the best. And when you add um, Marcus Peters and you got Earl Thomas back there, and it's, I mean, they're loaded. its They're they're loaded on defense, and I think he'll have a lot of veterans to kind of lead him and guide him. And so I think he'll come in and he'll have an immediate impact, and he'll be given the opportunities to play right away. And I think that's, More importantly than anything, when you talk about winning Rookie of the Year or having an impact as a rookie, you need need guys that are going to come in and play right away. And if you got those kind of guys, um, they tend to usually succeed. Um, So that's where I see Patrick Queen uh, this year for Baltimore. So as you can tell, I got a little bit of crush on Baltimore. I think um, outside of Kansas City, they are my second Super Bowl favorite. I got them in the Chiefs in the AFC Championship game. I love what they're doing over there in Baltimore. Um, So a lot of guys I like over there. Um, other than that, I, do, I did want to mention one other guy, um, Antonio Gibson for Washington. I really like him, man. And if, uh, you know, playing the running back position, and obviously Washington, they have they have a, a bunch of guys there, but Adrian Peterson's old. Darius Geis is all banged up. He's always hurt. Um, I think Antonio Gibson could come in right away and, and play a role in that offense. Um, so that's another guy that I, I kind of think flew under the radar, but I thought was a really, really crafty pick. Uh, by the Washington Redskins, and um, I could see him having an impact. I don't, he's not gonna blow anybody away, by no means, but I think he'll come in and I think he'll he'll take him some of the passing um, down um, duties away from maybe Darius Geis if if they want to keep him healthy, and definitely Adrian Peterson. And I think uh he'll have a he'll have an impact in that offense. So we'll see how we'll see how Dwayne Haskins kind of improves. Uh, but I, I definitely think Antonio Gibson's gonna gonna play a role in. in in that offense this year. So that's what I got, man. That's what I got for these rookies. Um obviously there's a ton of rookies that are going to come in and have an impact and I'm sure one's going to come out of nowhere and we're going to have to revisit, but those are just those are just some that I think are going to have an immediate impact and and kind of kind of, you know, stake their claim to their spot um right away. I mean game 1. I'm talking about game 1. These guys are going to come out and be talked about. So um, that's where I stand with that, uh, just so we can cover some basics coming up on the next episode. We will talk about college football. Um, I know some of you have been waiting for that. We will talk about, um, my dark horse teams, um, who I have in the playoffs this year and who I have as the national champ. Um, and then we got some special guests coming up too. We're going to do a couple of, a couple, couple of episodes with some special guests. We're going to have a fantasy episode. Um, as we get ready for fantasy drafts to start, um, I will start recording those and then we will get live here shortly. So um, right now we're only at every other Friday as the football season approaches. Hopefully we have one. We will start to produce more shows and we will be releasing content uh, weekly, maybe a couple of times a week. Um, heavy on the fantasy football as it gets started um, and we will we will get into that and we will also get into some uh, some lines, some betting lines. I got... I got some lines I'll give you each week once the season starts. So just so you, uh, just so you guys know what's coming up, we appreciate you guys watching. Um, I'm sorry, we appreciate you guys listening. Hopefully you guys watch once we go live. And uh, until next time, we will see ya.